0: And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello everyone out there in podcast land. Thank you for joining me for episode 105 today. It is January 22nd, a Tuesday, the day after Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in the States. a uh, federal holiday where... uh, uh I guess our federal employees got the day off from work and they uh it was an actual day off that they didn't get paid for. I don't know. It's a kind of a sad state of affairs over here. I know we've got a lot of international listeners and if you're following um what for you would be international news and hearing about what's going on in the states, it's uh it's kind of weird. It's it's kind of uncomfortable and it's just a little uh, not to get too political, but it's a little embarrassing that we're in this situation. Regardless of who you want to ascribe blame to, um, it, it's kind of embarrassing that we have just a total lack of function over here. So, um, But we have no such lack of function here on the podcast. That is not entirely true. So um, what I wanted to... Uh, what I wanted to start off here um, was with a little personal story, and I wanted to open up with this specifically because I was going to send this over to my coach and say, listen to the first few minutes of the podcast and let me know if I'm just insane or what. And she'll probably say, yeah, you might be, but uh, it's okay. So um, I uh, I had this experience today, and this is kind of funny because this is going to come back to um, a, uh, uh, a a question from a uh, a listener or a client of mine, actually, that came in. And actually, why don't we kill two birds with one stone here? Let's go ahead and hear um, what Brian has to say, and then we'll jump in on, on my conversation, which is really about the same topic. So let's uh, let us let Brian take it over here for a second.
1: Hey, Coach. This is Brian from Louisiana again. Man, we all have those days where nothing short of mainlining three scoops of high-stem pre-workout to give us enough motivation to slowly drag ourselves into the gym with our heads down and bang out some sort of less-than-stellar workout Cranking the headphones up to 11, blasting five finger death punch or thousand foot crutch, might as well be listening to some symphony by Mozart or Beethoven. And we feel so weak that we're begging for a spotter while we're forcing half rips to the little purple dumbbells over here. The main question is how do we distinguish from being just lazy couch potatoes and need to get our heads back in the game and get with the program or our bodies? telling us it's sick and tired of us beating the hell out of it for day in and day out, and it's begging for some sort of break, even if it's just a couple days at a time. So what are your telltale signs on how it may be the latter of the two, and we don't just need to suck it up buttercup and trudge our way through another workout? Speaking of all that, I've got to go in here and load the bar and move some heavy shit back and forth. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.
0: Okay, so aside from that, possibly winning the award for best voicemail ever. Thank you, Brian. Um, a lot of good topics um, mentioned in there. First of all, um, I'm a music snob. I'm not going to defend Mozart or Beethoven. I'm not a classical guy. I'm not. You know what? I mean, I, I played piano for 30-some years, but I'm just not a classical dude. So I'm not going to defend that. Um thousand foot crutch i don't know never really got into them five finger death punch yeah if i'm in the right mood for it absolutely um one of those things where you got to tackle it in small doses for me it's just because uh everything about their sound is so compressed it's like they are the primary culprit of the noise wars um like the, the loudness wars that are in uh rock music um it, it's hard to listen to from a sonic perspective like just the The quality of it, them and and Godsmack are probably two of the worst offenders, realistically. Um, There's a lot of them out there, but as far as like successful commercial bands, oh man, Uh, in small doses, yeah. But you try to listen to a whole album start to finish, and it's like, okay, now my brain just hurts, and it has nothing to do with you know the aggression of the music. It's all about how it's produced. So um, anyway, there you go. So it's a really good question. It's a really good question, and it's topical because it's totally relevant for the experience that I had today, and. Um, I did not, uh, and the, the thing that I want to keep coming back to here, and I'm going to give myself a little bit of a note here just so that I don't go too far astray. Um, the warning signs or the telltale signs, how can we know, um, like how, how can we predict this? Um, how, how can we forecast and say, Hey, you know what? Today needs to be a day off. So there are a couple of really easy things that you can do. First of all, um, look at your your personal calendar, your schedule, whatever you keep. If, it, if you're like me, you maintain a tracker with this kind of stuff um, and see how long it's been since you had a day off. Um, if you're looking back and you're going, well, not this week, not last week, hey, you know what? If you're asking the question, hmm, should I take a day off and it's been two weeks, the answer is yes, you should. You absolutely should. There are very, very few people that are the exception to that rule, and you should always assume that you are not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, if you can, if you can go hard and I've got particularly one client that I'm thinking of here that I work with, um, who just goes and goes and goes and continues to progress and continues to progress. And then, you know, I'll, I'll be talking to him shortly here. As soon as I finish recording this podcast segment, I've got to call him up and do our check-in. Um, uh, I'm going to ask him, it's like, how long have you, how long has it been since you've had a day off? And he's going to think for a minute. He's like, Man, it might have been a couple weeks, maybe a month, I don't know. And, you know, he continues to progress anyway just because he's got a motor that can support that. That's one guy that I work with. He is the exception. Those are the kind of statistics that we're looking at here. Not a lot of people in that category. So cut yourself a little bit of slack and take a day off. Um, So, full disclosure, I had one of those days today. Uh, I went in and, you know, I I wasn't even sure what workout I was going to do when I got to the gym just because. Yeah, I need to hit a leg day, but I need to go in on a day when I'm I know I'm feeling good and I feel confident and like, you know, knees are good, lower back isn't tight. Um, so I've been kind of monitoring that, doing a little bit of, you know, mobility and stretching work at nights just to, you know, give myself a little bit of an added advantage there. Um, and so I said, well, I, I'm sitting there in the, in the parking lot, and one of, the first thing, one of the things that I do when I get there is I take the workout of the day, um, which I have in a, a Word document that I transcribe and throw up on my Google Drive so that it's up there all the time, and then I pull that up on my phone and I transcribe it into my workout logbook, so... I'm looking through the uh, looking through the document. I'm like, yeah, what uh, what's it going to be today? And I looked at, uh, so I did back yesterday. And I looked at legs. I'm like, mm, not today. It's coming, but not today. I looked at arms. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of volume. Ugh. There's another back day. Well, I can't do that on consecutive days. So I've narrowed it down to either shoulders or chest. And I looked at him and uh, like the opening move for chest. I'm like, man, that's some heavy dumbbells. I don't want to play with that stuff today. Shoulders it is kind of by default. And so just... Having that conversation with myself should have been enough to recognize, like, man, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I'm looking to avoid today. Maybe that's a sign that my head isn't in it. And you know, when when you notice that, I mean, you're like, man, I don't want to pick up the heavy dumbbells. Oh, arms, that's a lot of. There's a lot of sets in there. I mean, you know, you're you're rationalizing, you're making all these excuses. So clearly, your head isn't in the game. That the question then becomes. Is it just your head, or is it your body? You know, is it just your brain being a jackass and just totally wanting to wimp out, or is it your body saying, oh man, we need to, we need to really kind of chill out here a little bit"? So, um, I, I looked back with with Brian's question because he called in with us a few days ago, and I I, I was uh, I knew what the topic was, um, and so I'd been thinking about it a little bit, and so it was fresh in my head, and I was thinking like, you know, huh. What category am I in right now? And I was just thinking, you know, physically, I feel good. I don't have any reason why there should be any kind of physical limitation here. Um, I had a day off on Sunday. Today's Tuesday. So I had a day off. I hit back yesterday. It was a good workout. It was not like a world ender or anything like that where, man, I need a day off after that to recover when I've just had a day off. Uh, It wasn't like that, and the other variable that I would consider is rest, and I got in a good, solid eight hours last night. I woke up on time. Um, I woke up feeling rested. I was moving well this morning, so it wasn't that, so I'm like, you know, physically, there's nothing that I can think of that tells me, yeah, no, you should really think about taking the day off. You know, turn this car around. I know you're here in the parking lot, but just don't even bother going to the gym. None of those signs were there. So I think it was a phys- physically, it was an okay thing. Um, so for me, it was all mental. It was all mental. Those are, to, to, Brian, to answer your question more directly, those are the physical things that I would be looking for. You know, rest, uh, how, how well rested are you, like, you know, sleep-wise, especially if you're working out um, uh, in the morning. You know, did you have some quality sleep? And if you're a guy, who, a guy or a woman who works out later in the day, um, think about, you know, the demands of the day that you have just finished. Um, you know, your work day, whatever it is, um, it, has it been normal? Has it been um, far more physically strenuous or mentally stressful, which, you know, that could be a good thing or a bad thing? A lot of people take that stress and they turn it around and they turn that into uh, execution. A lot of people take that stress and it festers and it, it's a distraction. So you have to know which. Category you tend to fall into there and see okay now can I push myself into one uh, category or into, into the direction of one category versus another and you know channel some of this negative stress and turn it into a positive I've always struggled with that I've tried a few times and every time I try I fail with that so I've just kind of uh, kind of. Uh, I don't want to say resigned, but maybe resigned to the fact that you know I I, I can't go in with, with stress and turn it into a positive. So I've got to um, get that out of the way beforehand. And sometimes you know I go through an extensive process every morning of clearing out my inbox and just re- responding to clients, filing things away. And sometimes I'll see things in there that really kind of stress me. I'm like, oh god, this. Oh no, I've got to i got to do this. There's nothing like that this morning. There were no stressors in there. Everything was really nice and easy. You know, people were largely on time with their Check-ins, which is great. So that's another thing that stresses me out. Is if I wake up and I'm expecting, you know, so many check-ins in my inbox, and it's like half that. I'm like, oh, okay, great. This is going to be a day where I've got to do a bunch of stuff later. I'm going to spend a lot of time sitting around waiting for emails to show up. Really frustrating. There was nothing like that today. Everything was good. Um, and I I got in and I started going with the uh, with the workout. And I, I, at this point, I think my brain is in a place where it is almost actively looking for things to get upset about. Um, And part of it is just, you know, full disclosure here, I'm not necessarily in a really good place with how I feel about myself physically. Um, I feel like coming out of this cut that I was really, really sloppy, I got way too soft, um, which I would then say, okay, well, that's justified if, you know, I'm seeing gains and growth and increases in, uh, performance and output, um, that kind of justify that, but I'm not, and I'm looking for those things. And today it was really quite the opposite where I just felt like I wasn't really able to move anything. And one of the exercises that I had to do. So I did, um, you know, reverse flies on the pec deck, and then I went and did some lateral raises, um, and high rep stuff. And I, I, I know what I've done on that before. Now it's, it's been a while, but I, I remember specifically, um, Uh, I had a workout many years ago where I felt like I, not many years like two or three years ago, (laughs) way back in the eighties. No, like, like two and a half years ago, something like that. I remember I walked in and I had an opener where um, I did lateral raises with um, 30 pound dumbbells sets of 30 and they were quality reps. And I was able to make it through from, from rep one to rep 30 without a break. And it felt really good. And it was awesome. And so I kind of used that as my benchmark. And today it just happened to open up, Hey, first set of lateral raises at 30 reps. Great. And, uh, I'm like, you know, I got a few sets here. I'm going to start with 25, 25 pounds, uh, rather than 30, which I, I know I'd done before. Granted, two and a half years ago, but you know this is the game that I play with myself. I didn't even have to look back into a log. I just remember that. Um, and I get going and I make it to like thirteen or fifteen reps in, and I've got to take a quick break, only for like a second or two, but still, I'm like, man, I remember doing this for thirty before. and now I'm getting like you know less than fifteen. What's up? And then I get to like 19 and I've got to take a break again. I get to like 23, 24. I got to take a break again. Know, my, my form looked really good, but at the same time, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? And so that starts to feed that thing in your head, that thing in your head. So again, I'm making a, a comparison about something that I did a long time ago. Um, and I think that was my fatal flaw and my big mistake. Um And you know the other thing is um, on the the TVs in the gym, um, they've got various things in there. They're just so distracting. But one of the TVs that they have in there, which is kind of fun, is they they um, will typically put um, just. youtube videos on there of like bodybuilding training videos from youtube like ronnie coleman back in the day jay cutler or you know they've got a video of nasser um from back in the day that's like an hour and a half long that they play they just kind of play these in a loop and i was like oh that's kind of cool um and there was a uh, a video and it, it was ronnie and he was doing a seated um press on the smith machine like a shoulder press and he had, like, two plates and a quarter on each side. I'm like, well, I got a military press coming up, not in the Smith machine, but with a barbell, but okay, cool. And, man, I struggled to get in um, 10 reps at 105 pounds. And granted, again, four-second negatives on that, You know, no lockout, constant tension, locked knees, standing. Um, but it's just like I was focusing on every last little weakness I was feeling um, and really not being fair to myself, like setting um, – unfair standards. And, uh, you know, like if if you're comparing yourself to Ronnie Coleman back in the day, you're going to have a bad time. Okay. Um, if you compare yourself to anybody, usually you're going to have a bad time because you're never going to elect to compare yourself against people that, you know, um, that you, I hate to say that you're better than, but you know, people that are, you know, don't have the same level of development that you do, or don't have the same level of conditioning that you do. Um, but, uh, it, we we tend to play those games with ourselves and we focus on all of those negative things. And then those negative things get amplified. Um, And then you start to, they they feed into the story that you want to tell yourself. So I I got home from the gym and I was like, I'm just going to jump onto this podcast right away. And I'm just going to rant for a little while and I'm going to get... Pissed off, and it'll be very interesting to listen to, and maybe I'll feel better because of that. But instead, I'm like you know, what now? I, I actually I need to do some work first. I need to do some client check-ins, um, and also, what if I just you know sit on it for an hour and a half and kind of get a little bit of distance from it, and then maybe I can actually have a conversation about you know breaking it down and trying to figure out what happened. Um, and I think whenever you've gotten experience like what I had this morning, that's something useful to do because I don't care who you are, you could be the biggest badass in the world. You're going to have a bad day in the gym every now and then. And how you respond to that and how you bounce back from it is critical. So let, let there be no doubt at all. I, I'm pissed about it. I ain't happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not okay with it. And I'm, I'm pissed at myself more than anything else. The, the work, the programming was fine. There was nothing wrong with that. It wasn't asking me to do anything that was, you know, out of the ordinary. There was nothing unreasonable about it. It was actually a relatively low volume workout. And I still asked out and I didn't even finish the thing. So, um, you know, I, I was, uh, I started off good with, um, reverse flies, um, on the pec deck, as I mentioned, which those, those felt good. And I had some good tunes cranking, um, and, uh, I kind of got in the zone there a little bit where you know it was these sets of 30 with a hold at the end. I'm like, yeah, I got this. No problem. I'll, I'll hold that hold for a little bit longer. You bet I will. I'm um, feeling good. And then I go to the lateral raises, and then I start that comparison game. Now, it was a comparison against myself, and everybody says, well, you're your, you are your own competition. Yeah, but you've, you've got to be fair as well, and there's a lot of variables that factor into your performance. So workout performance from day to day, um, especially when you're comparing yourself over what you've done a couple years ago, I think part of where I got frustrated was thinking, like, you know what? That was a couple years ago. I should be progressing. I shouldn't be regressing. And I think there's some validity to that. Um, But also, um, I don't remember back when I had that workout a couple years ago that I was using as a mental benchmark. I don't remember what phase I was in, how well fed I was. Um, was that during a phase? Because I remember I did this for a while back where I was training in the afternoons. So I had a couple meals in my system as opposed to just one early in the morning, because that makes a big difference. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't remember those things necessarily, but those are possibilities. But I did set myself up for failure there, but just by initiating that comparison game. Now, if I was comparing... Um, the, my performance today against what I did last week, I think that's a little bit more valid. That's a fair comparison. But trying to go back a couple years, that's dicey. But you get those memories seared in your head of you know specific things that you've done, and then it's very natural to want to compare yourself to that. So the, those sets um, on the lateral raises where you know the, there was four sets and the reps were decreasing with each set. So I was going to try and bump the weights up, but I just did the same weight for the first three sets. And then I started to think like, okay, well – you know That workout from a couple years ago, I did 30-pound dumbbells for 30 reps, and now I've done 25s for 30 reps, for 25 reps, and now for 20, and I don't feel comfortable bumping up. And then I finally did, and I bumped it up to 30 for 15 reps on the last set, barely survived. I'm like, okay, this sucks. This is obnoxious. And so now, again... You're telling yourself that story. It, it's starting to repeat itself and amplify itself in your head. So then I go over and I do a standing barbell press. I warm up with just the bar. All right, cool, no problems, good, feels good, shoulders fine. Let's do it. And I throw on a little bit of weight. I'm like, you know, my my core is unstable and it's shaking. Um, I'm, I'm keeping my knees locked. I'm not cheating on the reps at least, but just feel really unstable. I'm like, okay, well that was tough, but I didn't die, so I can bump the weight up a little bit. I'm just going like 85 pounds, 95 pounds. I top out at 105 for 10 reps with a four second negative, locked knees. So, you know, I'm not setting a world record here. Strength has never been my strong suit, but I am comparing myself to what I've done before. And I know I've pushed, you know, on, again, on a seated military press. Well, sorry, it's got to catch myself there. It's not a military press. If you're seated, military press has to be standard, but on a seated barbell shoulder press, um, I've pushed close to 200 pounds before. So why am I struggling so damn much to do a standing press with 105, and again, you know, well, I've done that before, but you know, I remember there was a phase where I was doing that. I think the reps were lower. I think I was only trying to get four or five reps. I wasn't working in a four or five second negative. That might have been later in the day as well. So all those things. Now that I think about it, I go, okay, well, there's a lot of reasons why that might be the case. And also, I am coming to the military press in this workout with a bad frame of mind from the previous exercise. So again. That story you tell yourself, it amplifies, it swells, it gets louder. Um, And then from there, um, feeling very annoyed at my performance there, I went to... Dumbbell front raises, and um, my wrist started acting up on me. Um, first of all, the weight that I wanted to use wasn't available, so I had to go a little bit heavier than normal, and my wrist was like, "No, sir." So I did one set there, and then I did one rep of another set, and I could feel like, ah, the, my wrist is very vulnerable here. Like the same thing that I damaged when I was in my cut, that um, uh, ligament uh, in my wrist. Um, like, nah, it's not happy. I can't. I can't continue with this. So I just stopped and I'm like, "Well, let me just continue on, and then I'll find an alternative for that, and I'll come back to it." So the next thing was a uh, face pull and. And At this point, I was just pissed at the world, uh, pissed at myself more than anything else um, because I'm like, why does your performance suck so bad? Why are you such a pansy? Why are you bailing out on the front raise now just because your wrist hurts a little bit? Again, the story you tell yourself, the narrative in your head, it amplifies and you find things that help you amplify it further in a negative way. Um, It's a very common thought process very common. Um, so I get to the Facebook and I just can't feel it. Like rear delts aren't connecting and I try switching my grips around. I'm like, okay, well that's an improvement actually. At that point it was, it was far too gone. I'm like, okay, screw it. I did three sets here. Fine. Let's go hit some calf raises and get me the hell out of here. And I go to the calf raise machine and the little knob that adjusts like where the thing sits on your shoulders. I can't get it to sit in there. And I'm like, I can't get it to actually stay in the position where I want it to. Cause the machine just isn't cooperating. And I just said, Fuck it! And I picked up my shit and I stormed out of there like a little four-year-old. I was so pissed. Um, and then uh, I had to throw on something really loud and obnoxious um, in the stereo in the car. Just cause like, like just because I-, I wanted to scream. I was, I was feeling that way about it and I gotta tell you I still kind of feel that way about it even though as I'm sitting here talking about it and I'm rationalizing it all out and like all this stuff has a pretty good explanation but at the same time there's that voice in my head that says why do you suck so bad (laughs) why why are you making this so difficult for yourself Um, you understand these things and, and let's also be clear I'm not getting any younger so trying to compare myself against what I did years ago is not really fair but at the same time, you've got to balance that with, well, I should be progressing. At the same time, no, I'm not getting any younger, but you know, a lot of people progress on their lifts with age, and it's not like strength has ever been my strong suit. So, you know, it's not like I was powerlifting and you know, deadlifting 800 pounds in my youth, and now that I'm 40 something, I can't do that anymore because my body isn't holding up. I never really moved a whole bunch of weight, so I feel like I should be able to sustain that, and I think that's fairly legitimate. So. Um, Anyway, what started off as a very productive voicemail from Brian has turned into a therapy session for me. So uh, (laughs) that was not necessarily my intention, but there you go. Uh, As always on the drop set, you never know what you're going to get. And that is is true for me as well. I never know what you're going to get either because I don't usually script these things. I never script these things. Sometimes I'll have an outline put together, but today I don't have an outline either. So the point here... Uh, that I want you to take from this is the following. Um, you, as, as I as I tell this story here, a lot of you out there are probably nodding your head and saying, yeah, that sounds really familiar. And so I want you to know, if you want to call me good company, okay, great, you're in good company. You know, uh, I would say what you experience is pretty common. And part of this is me throwing this out into the universe and casting my line out there and hoping for a little bit of feedback that's like, Oh, I thought it was just me. Okay, I do that too all the time. Just a little bit of validation like, this is normal, right? Please, please, please. Uh, <laughs> I know it is because I hear these stories from people all the time, but um, that doesn't make it any less frustrating. And even though you can kind of rationalize through it and um, once your, your brain gets detached from the moment a little bit, you can kind of talk yourself through it and talk yourself off the ledge a little bit. It doesn't necessarily fix anything. So what I need to do here is is and I always tell people like you know if they screw up on their diet or they have a bad week in the gym and they they confess uh that in their check in I'm like that's all well and good I don't care about that what are we going to do about it going forward um because you screwed up on your diet you had a bad week in the gym whatever it won't be the last time that happens so how do we develop a plan going forward so let me spitball here a little bit and see if I can develop a, develop a plan going forward um first thing I'd probably do is just tell my coach just so that it's all out there and I don't forget to mention it in a check-in. Um, and also she always has you know some good words of wisdom to throw my way that usually calm me down a little bit because <laughs> I, I tend to get a little worked up when it comes to me. Like I can really think rationally about my clients, but if I'm in the situation, it's totally different, which is why I have a coach being one myself. Um, and then uh, the other thing is is recognizing... In the moment when you are doing those things that feed a, uh, a, a counterproductive narrative in your head, and being able to flip the switch and tell yourself to knock it the fuck off, um, be nice to yourself, but be firm and say that shit has got to stop. You, you just it, it's not help. but being able to recognize it when you're doing it—that's the difficult thing. And you know the, that comparison that I was making with myself from years ago. Um, that was uh, the the um, that was the original sin of today I think so that's kind of where it started and also, I mean, like, like I said, I was going through the routine in the car, in the parking lot, trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, that was a sign that, you know, even though all the physical stuff was there, my head wasn't in the right place to begin with. And so what I would probably do then is, and I made a half-ass attempt to, to do this today, and I always encourage my clients to do this, is, you know, take a few seconds or a minute before your workout to just close your eyes and chill in a quiet place, in your car, in a quiet locker room, something like that. You know, lock yourself in a stall in the bathroom, whatever, um, and just tune things out, you know, and clear your head and put yourself in a productive place from where you can do a little bit of good work. Um, and I didn't do that. I mean, I, I, I half assed it. I, I closed my eyes for 10 seconds in the car. I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm out of here. And then I, I went into the gym. So I didn't really do that. I, I, I went through the motions, but I didn't actually do it. So that, that's something that would have been more productive to actually focus on a little bit of breathing right there. Chill yourself out. um, you know, try and tune out everything else that's functioning as a, as a, as a distraction. Um, so then, uh, you can hopefully get some work done. So anyway, there you go. So that, that's my, my opening, you know, almost 30 minute monologue. Thank you, Brian, for sparking that. And then I kind of took it and ran. So, um, we got another message though. Um, so let's, uh, let's check out and see what, uh, what my host has been up to here. What's up there? And it's Josh from Virginia.
2: Um, so, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I think it would be an interesting topic for discussion. So, um, for me personally, I, I believe as the older I get and the more – the older I get in training age, uh, the more important time under tension becomes. And we're really focusing on eccentric and, and uh, even some concentric work um, and some lifts. So, I thought it would be interesting to discuss, like, when can when really focus on time under tension uh, more than uh, – you know the actual lift itself, so what exercises are more suited for a slower for slower eccentric work um like maybe a you know a four o two o tempo or something like that um obviously like chest uh flies and isolation isolation exercises are gonna be better suited um but I thought that would be something interesting to, to discuss uh when to best utilize time under tension thanks man. keep practicing
0: excellent question excellent question yes so um, I like your uh, your use of the term training age in there as well so you know that that has a lot to do with it realistically I mean you know we all uh, it's it's all about how many miles you have on, on the odometer and so let's say you are my age you are 40 th- 36 <laughs> okay I'm, I'm gonna be 42 in a little bit here um, but let's say you're just starting out so realistically you know you're your body, as far as training is concerned, doesn't have a lot of miles on the odometer. And so I think time under tension is always valuable, but I also think it's useful to kind of, you know, when you're first starting out, keep that in your back pocket. Like you don't need to get super crazy with the tempos, Um, you know, save that for, for, you know, when you start to, you know, hit that first training plateau and pull that, pull that out of the back pocket. It's like, you know, when you're your first time in the gym, you don't go in there doing high volume, uh, time under tension, uh, drop sets, rest, pause, rounds, et cetera, right out of the gate. You know, I mean, you don't need to do that. You, I always say you start with the basics and then you start introducing stuff. Um, when you, when, you know, what you were doing before is no longer as effective. And I mean, the, the basics will always be effective, but there comes a time also where you, know, you just want to try some new stuff, and I think if you save that until your body really kind of needs it and um, will, will respond better to it, it'll kind of help bust through a training plateau. So, um, yeah, so we reach that point where uh, at some point I think tempo becomes more and more of a focus just because um, as your training age and your, your body age both increase um, – I think it's typically less and less productive to focus on weight, 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 weight. And if you've listened to me before, if you've read any of the stuff that I have, like I've got a uh, a post on the website under, if you go under blog and then look by training, um, uh, there's a a post in there about logging your workouts and the kind of variables that you want to track there. And it's not just weight and reps. You know, there's more to it than that. Um, And the more you can track those variables, then the more... um, the more comparison and the more more points of comparison you develop that are actually meaningful and worthwhile. This kind of ties back into the earlier conversation as well. But I think just uh, as a a point of argument for tracking like week one to week two to week three through a a set of workouts, I think those are fair comparisons to make. Um, So time under tension, tempo being one of those things. And so the way that I work tempo and the way that I'll I'll, um, describe it here, it's always concentric squeeze, negative pause. So Um, concentric is always the first number. Negative is always the third number. Even on like a squat that starts with a negative, it's going to be the third number. So if I want somebody to take a slow negative on a squat, um, don't pause at the bottom and no lockout at the top, and then just a solid push, that's going to be a one, zero, four, zero tempo. So zeros in the second and fourth slots where that's the pause at the bottom and the squeeze up at the top uh, the four is in the third slot for the negative four second negative, and then a one second concentric uh, you know it 's not supposed to be explosive, but you know i 'm not going to ask somebody to do a uh, painstakingly slow concentric on a squat, at least not under this circumstance so one zero four zero tempo now i I may throw in something like a two zero two zero tempo on a squat, so clearly. When you start working in, and this goes back to my discussion on the military press before and how I was having to hedge my bets a little bit on what to expect on the weight there with a the four second negative thrown in. Um, if I'm doing a one second negative versus a four second negative, the weight that I'm going to be able to do for a similar number of reps is going to be different, of course. The slower your reps are, the more control you have to have over the weight, and the less weight you will actually be able to control. So um, that does not necessarily mean it is less effective. It is a different exercise at that point. A standard 1111 military press versus a 104 four zero military press, totally different exercises. Um, which is why when I'm, uh, one of the things that I always harp on when I get client videos and I'm reviewing their work in the gym is, uh, this tempo is off. This tempo is off. This tempo is off. Um, because there will come a point when maybe they're doing it correctly, but it's not right now. And it's just, it goes to, it, it also for, for me, <laughs> I always assume it's like, it's like the broken window theory. And I know I've talked about this before where that was um, one of the theories of, um, they, uh, I'm sure some, some economist or law enforcement, uh, scholar is going to school me on this for o- oversimplifying things here. But, uh, in New York city, back in the day when there was a huge drug problem in the city, um, that, uh, the, the broken window theory of policing was, you know, we focus on the little things and then the big things tend to take care of themselves. I, I follow the broken window, uh, theory of policing somebody <laughs> in coaching as well. Like, If the little things are off, some of the big things might be off as well. So if you're not reading the plan closely enough to see, I mean, there's a giant column in the workouts where the tempo is listed there. And if you're just not seeing that, there's other stuff you're probably not seeing as well. So um, I always harp on that and then just say, we need to make sure that we're being careful on all this stuff. So um the question from Josh is what's more suitable for um and you kind of cut out there so I don't know if you were talking about like slower concentrics or slower eccentrics but um I'll I'll talk about both and I don't think there's necessarily any exercise that um is ill suited for any of this stuff um like I have done barbell uh, incline bench press with a two or a three-second concentric, a really nice slow, steady push. Um, so something like a three-zero-one-zero zero tempo. So no pause at the bottom, no lockout at the top. A one-second negative, but a slow three-second push. Um, the thing is, when you get accustomed to doing something in a certain way, and then you start doing it in a different way, it becomes something completely different. Um, so that is a, a really good way to reinvent an incline bench press. Now, clearly. If you are a power lifter, might not be the smart move. I mean, who knows? It's a little accessory work maybe, but you're not going to be pushing a ton of weight doing that. If you want to th- – I mean, a three-second negative is one thing. A three-second push, that's hard to control. It's hard to – slow. so that's that's going to be a lot of brain training right there, but it's also going to be the muscles getting used in a different way. People talk about muscle confusion. Well, that that's not a real thing because muscles don't think, but your brain thinks – for most of us, and uh, I, I firmly believe in the principle of brain confusion. You know, doing things that your body is unaccustomed to. I, I and this will be a, a subject for a future blog post. Why are you asking me to do 50 reps of this exercise? Have you ever done it before? No. That's why stuff that you haven't done before is going to make a difference. You know, it's like you know, I'm I'm doing this seated row with a wide grip. Well, why? I've only ever done it with a close grip that's why (laughs) because you've only ever done it a certain way we're going to try it a different way you can you know shorten up you can do that same thing with your tempos with your rep schemes with your rest schemes with your exercise selection all that stuff Um, so tempo is I mean there's really easy ways to shake things up and one of the things that I like to throw at people is a uh, uh, a 1113 leg press So that's, um, again, a leg press also starts with the negative. So it's a one second negative, a three second pause, uh, when you're eating your knees, basically a one second push and then a one second pause between reps where you give everything a good squeeze and a good pulse. Um, so that three second pause, or you can do the same thing with like a Bulgarian split squat, take it all the way down, pause for two seconds at the bottom. Same thing with a plie squat or a goblet squat, any kind of squat, um, or, or hip and knee uh, flexion exercise like a leg press or a lunge, anything like that. Really, you can, you can get a lot from working a pause in that fourth position, that, that, uh, working a higher uh, number in that fourth position, that pause position. Um, that can be fun. Um, it can also suck. Um, same thing applies to just about any press, like uh, a barbell press. Uh, chest press. Do a pause down there. Not necessarily with the bar resting on your chest, but keeping tension on the muscles. So uh, that's one good way to do it. Another way to do it is, um, you know, and I'll I'll program this um, sometimes as well is a deload between reps, and this works really well if you're on a machine press or in the Smith machine, where when you take it back in that stretch position, you take it back far enough that you actually have the opportunity to remove all tension from the muscles, so you get a little bit of a deload, and then you can force a nice explosive push out of the hole from that stretch position. But you're eliminating stretch reflex. You're forcing the body to to plug in a little reset between reps. Um, it's kind of like a deload on Your deadlift between reps as well, and not utilizing bounce, rebound, or you know, basically, you're implementing the floor to to help along with stretch reflex. There, Um, the the more you're able to eliminate that, the more you're asking the muscle to work. Um, Which, again, if you're using bounce or rebound on a deadlift versus coming to a dead stop, and keep in mind, the name of the exercise is deadlift a lift from a dead stop. So if you want to do it correctly, no bounce, no rebound. Same thing for your rack deadlifts. Slow those down. Let the bar come to a stop. Don't do not do any of this touch and go stuff just because um, all you're doing then is you're enabling yourself to move more weight, which there might be some value in that, but you're going to make all of the musculature involved work harder if you eliminate that. So the squat has a stretch reflex. Bench press, military press have a stretch reflex as well. Um, and so what we want to do is eliminate that on the squat. On the squat, it can be dangerous. I mean, not all these, an overdone stretch reflex can be dangerous, but on the squat, especially, just because uh, for a lot of people, you know, we're working with things that are a lot more sensitive. You know, people's um, shoulders can take a little bit more of a beating usually. So, and I don't, I don't advocate that. I don't think it's a smart move. But you can implement a little bit more stretch reflex on a bench press and get away with it. A lot of people, if they go to max depth on a squat and they implement a lot of stretch reflex, that's going to lead to some more immediate knee problems. So. Um, uh other things, um, you know, any kind of a curl, um, a slow negative there is good. Um on a any kind of a single uh joint, like just a tricep exercise, um, really, really rocking a long squeeze there. So that's the second position. So I like a good rope press down with like a one-three, one zero tempo. One second negative concentric, three seconds squeeze, no pause between reps. Um, but still make sure you get that good full stretch in there. Um Back exercises are one. So, you know, again, I work with a lot of people who are relative newcomers to the world of lifting. Um, So they've been training for a while, but I mean, really, they've been lifting for a while. They haven't really been training at all yet. I I, uh, always say we want to make the leap from working out to training where, you know, there's a purpose. We know what we're doing. Um, you know, we're, we're working on that technique refinement that is training. Um, and a lot of people early on, um, you know, in their, in their, uh, when they, when they're of a younger training age, thank you, Josh, um, the really struggle with back. And I put myself in that cat. I, I still put myself in that category to some degree. I still struggle with it. Um, but uh, trying to get somebody to really understand what's going on with the musculature in the back because there's a lot of different muscle groups at play there. There's a lot of different layers of things. You've got some muscles that are more superficial, some that are deeper layers. Um, you, know, you've get, you can work on you know, lat emphasis, trap emphasis. You've got rhomboids. You've got rear delts to work into the equation as well. So you've got to know what you're targeting on each exercise. But one way that you can really um, work to improve the way that you feel that is to slow down the concentric um, because... When you are, let's say you're doing a, a lat pull-down or a seated row, so a vertical or a horizontal uh, pull, um, when you're in that stretch position, if you really hold that and you really like actively try to get a stretch there, like you're, you're, you know, your hands are overhead and you've got, let's say, the, the weight is maxed out and you're just doing a dead hang from the bar uh, or from the handle. Um, or when you're, you know, same thing if you're doing a pull-up and just a dead hang. You can feel that stretch. You can feel where it is. Now, um, do a pull-down. And squeeze everything in your back for all you've got when that thing is all the way down. Notice that the muscles that you're squeezing versus the ones that were feeling really stretched up at the top of the movement, not necessarily the same thing. So as you go through the repetition, there is a shift um, so the, the lats are, are really getting the stretch there. And then as you bring the weight down, the lats contract and they squeeze, but then you have the ability to really work in some trap squeeze. If you bring that bar down low enough. And for a lot of people, it becomes a trap dominant exercise. If you take it slow and you work, um, like a, a four or a five second concentric into this. And of course that's going to require much lower weight but it gives you the chance to really kind of identify where that shift happens and how subtle changes in, okay, how how far are you leaning up? How much are you leaning back? How much arch do you have in your back? How much are you trying to lift your chest up? Um, are you pulling your elbows down initially, or are they coming back initially, or is it kind of a combination of the two? Um, subtle changes in that can shift how these muscle groups activate and at what point they activate during the rep. So that is a way that you can really, really learn about, how to target a little bit more what you're aiming for. Same thing with the horizontal row, same thing for, you know, any kind of machines are really well suited for this just because you have a little bit more control over it. Um, you're less likely to cheat if the weight is at a reasonable level. Um, and so I really like it, especially on the cable exercises to work in a slow concentric, not something that I typically program because I don't think it's necessarily a good tactic to do all the time, but as a learning tool or as a warm up tool um, to, again, really kind of retrain your brain. Oh, I haven't done back in a week. Let's you know, get in, get back into the mode here on this and really kind of dial things in. So um, th- those are some of the favorite things that I like to use, at least. So um, I'll tell you what, I'm tired. I think I need a nap. I'm going to call it for today. So we're, we we hit the minimum threshold. It's about 40-ish minutes. So that's something here. So a um, couple quick updates. Um, 5starphysique.com is the website. If you want to read more about coaching Um, check out workout plans uh, or shop and get some five-star physique apparel for yourself it's all up there Um, you can click on podcast to read more about what we're doing here click on over to blog to check out some articles I've got a couple that I'm going to be putting up here shortly Um, one uh, by request from a client um, that will be going up I hope later today I hope so I hope so it's a it's a video based uh, post so doing a little bit of uh, some basic squat mechanic breakdown and some things on how to make sure that we're really you know getting the focus on your squat shifted to where we want it and also how to make sure that we're getting the appropriate level of depth. So, um, check that out. Um, you can follow me on social media. You probably know where all those things are. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be really lazy and just leave it at that. You know how to find me. And if you don't, 5starphysique.com, you can find everything posted there. So um, that's it. So I appreciate you all listening. We'll be back on Friday uh, for another episode. I think we'll be up to 106 at that point. So I hope everybody has a great week. Train hard. Let's kick some ass this week. And I'm, I'm saying that to myself as much as to anybody else out there, too. i got to talk myself back up here a little bit.